da ba ba bow. Da da da. Yeah. <laughs> so, something. Don't have a theme song here. <laughs> <laughs> a theme song after the theme song. That's a theme song. Blah. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we will get to that later. Sub-theme song. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she'll do uh, music continually. Continually. Cunt. In a continuous stream across the episode. Just music. You know you want to. Yes. <laughs> but. However. However. This is the Dead Red Herring Podcast. Goddamn right it is. <laughs> I am Roland. And I am Magnus. And... Uh, we're here to bring you weird segues and insane ramblings. And beating of dead horses. <laughs> the tips you could use in your everyday. <laughs> How to beat your horses. <laughs> How to beat your horse. Here's a, ten tips. It should be dead within parentheses. Parentheses. How to beat your dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's start off with something that isn't really dead yet. No. Namely... Nemligen. Nemligen. <laughs> uh, Stranger Things Season 3 has premiered. Yes. Uh, premiered yesterday. As of recording of this. Yeah. And... Uh, the 4th of July. Yes. Uh, happy ungrateful savages over there. <laughs> <laughs> ungrateful revolutionaries. Yeah. But... Uh, just short. We're gonna give reactions to the first episode here. Yeah. Because... Um, I have really enjoyed Stranger Things. I I really love the first, ep- uh, not episode, but the season. first season. Yeah. Uh, the second season was okay. Yeah, yeah. I uh, liked it. It wasn't as good as the first, but it was, yeah. Well, so now, uh, coming to season three, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with the characters. Is this gonna be the last season and everything like that? Yeah. But just right off the bat, uh. The first episode is more or less just a reintroduction of the main characters. Yeah. So n- nothing really spoiler-tastic here. No, but uh, what you can say, it's, yeah, like you said, a reintroduction of the characters in the sense that now they are... El- you notice they are growing up, and they're growing yeah. up fast. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's... How to say it? The relationships between the characters... I, I like that they progressed... Yeah. So th- there's nothing really static with it. Uh, sure, the the character traits are more or less the same, but still, all also there's been some evolution in that part. Of course. Uh, relationships are. Yeah. Well, it's a continuation. So you I mean I you have established relationships. You know the history if you've seen the uh, previous seasons. Yep. And. Still, even in the first episode, you see that there is still uh, more progression made. Yeah. And I really like that. Uh, for example, we, we have uh, Harper being the ever-caring father. <laughs> Daddy Hopper, yeah. Yeah, and we have Eleven and... Uh, Mike. Mike being... Teenagers. Te- yeah. In that sense. With, with their silly hormones and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, Lucas and uh, Max. Max, yeah, they are. They're an also item. <laughs> also being teenagers with hormones and stuff. And then we have Will. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that Will has. I'm. I'm not saying that he hasn't evolved, but I think that 
you see the trauma taking its toll. Yeah, I reacted to that also, and I, when I thought about it, it does make sense. He's longing for those, maybe those good old days yeah. with the gang, because he wants something to cement him in a normal life yeah. after the... The horrible experiences. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in the upside down. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then we have... Uh, Steve! Steve, Mama Steve. Yeah, Mama Steve. <laughs> and what do you say? The bromance between Steve and Dustin are fan fucking test. Yeah. And speaking of Dustin, yes, he's still the same. Yeah, pretty much. M- more or less, it's still the uh, geek when it comes to uh, well, technical stuff. Yeah, but also being sort of a a mini Steve. Yeah. The wannabe... Uh, well, he's um, a Steve Apprentice, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that's nice. And, and we have some new characters introduced yeah. as well. We have uh, Robin. Yep. Uh, Steve's co-worker. Yeah, you can say that. And my, my initial thoughts about her was that, not sure what to think. She's a bit snarky, but, but she's grown on me. Yeah, yeah. So, I have high hopes for that character. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, do we have anyone else new? Not no, not really. No, not n- not really new. Well, we have a um, a mention of a possible new character, Dustin's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, Sue, S- Susie, yeah, Susie, right? <laughs> Susie, come in, come in, Susie. You, I know you can hear me. Answer, damn it! The Mormon from Utah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right, and. Uh... Then what more? Well, we have Jonathan and Nancy struggling Jonathan, on in, yeah. in well, the adult world. They they have their their relationship is going. Yeah. And just just taking it from the previous seasons, I actually like that they become an item. Because that that was pretty clear in the end of the last season. Exactly. And it was a bit interesting that they didn't become an item in the first. Exactly. Yeah. Then they became in later, yeah, well, that was a, a, a really nice way of going. I yeah, think. I think it actually helped to straight strengthen their relationship. Yeah, uh, and to be honest, in the first season, Steve was really just well. Steve was the ultra douche. Yeah, but in the second season, he he really redeemed himself. Yeah, and, and I mean, in the end, I I just. Love the way he becomes Mama Steve. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and I really hope that they continue on with this, because I believe that it is a great thing both for Steve and for the kids. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then we have Billy. Then we have Billy, yeah. And when he's introduced, the only thing I could think about was his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and it's borderline... It's... Porn stash to um, yeah, moppefune. <laughs> if I'm going to take this in just clean Swedish, pormusse or moppefune. Yeah, pormusse eller moppefune. So, yeah, <laughs> this, it's, it's, it's not really a mustache. It's like when he's walking like in front of a camera, just want to like, say, uh, Billy, Billy you, you got something there on your nose. You got something much. Maybe you want to wipe that. <laughs> But it seems like all the uh, mothers of the neighborhood seem to love him. Yeah, the... Um... I just couldn't get, get this thing out of my my mind when looking at this. Like, yeah, imagine it being a woman instead. Mm-hmm. 
It's showtime, guys. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we're not going to talk about the double standard, but... Yeah. It, it's... That is... Uh, it's just interesting to... In these strange days and this weird age of uh, one-way sexism. In this day and age, yeah. yeah. But, uh, what else? Speaking of Jonathan and Nancy... Yep. Uh, yeah, th- they've grown up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they got work. <laughs> work, work, yeah, work. Yeah, Jonathan is doing something he really loves, which yep. is... He, he's a photographer. Yep. And Nancy is... Well, uh, she's stuck in the secretary swamp. Sort of, yeah. Not really a secretary, either. She's just a... The one that fetches coffee and the sandwiches to the yeah people at the office. Yeah. And and they're working at the the newspaper. Yeah, the Hawking Times. Yeah. And that that's also the introduction of that place with the <sighs> with the men being I mean, <laughs> the I, men I'm serious. With a big M. <laughs> overly obnoxious. It's like they take these this image of the boys club and just turn the, it to the men 12. in the boardroom. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's like one douche yeah. says some really stupid thing and everyone's laughing or snickering, thinking that this is the most hilarious thing ever. Yeah. I have never, ever seen a situation like that. So it, to me, it was like, yeah, sure, there are obnoxious, stupid guys like that, but, but come on. Yeah. And I, re- I, they don't really say it out loud, this is because she uh, has the vajayjay, but... So I took my liberty to interpret, because if they didn't say it If they out, don't say it, it's open for interpretation. Exactly, so I just interpreted, they are just assholes. Yeah, and I just see it as this, taking this small piece and over-exaggerating yeah. it, and I, I'm just doing my best to ignore it at this moment. Yeah, me I, I'm too. I'm guessing that, I just hope they won't do anything more with it. But I do hope that these fuckers get what's coming. I am pretty sure they do. Yeah. So, uh, what else can we say? Well, about the series. Well, not much, not to go in a lot of, to, of spoilers, but... Uh, yeah. But, as, again, the first episode is more or less just re-establishing characters. Yeah, this is uh, our characters and this is how what happens since you've been away. But we can discuss one thing, and it's the opening. Yeah. And the opening is to no surprise in a lab. Yeah. Dealing with opening some form of gate to the upside down. Exactly. You see something some a big machine. <laughs> a big machine just blasting a ray against the wall, opening a glowing hole with some black things just start to sip. A glory hole with some black things sticking out. Oh no. Open to interpretation, I suppose. <laughs> and then, it's quite straightforward when you see it. Also. Exactly. And then the machine just... I'm the machine! <laughs> it just fails. Yeah. And then the people are around, around it, they get electrified. And then the head scientists come down. They electrocuted. They burn to a cinder. Yeah, they melt, really. Some of them melt, most of them just burn. Yeah. And then the head scientist comes down, looks at the, uh, the military guy and says... Comrade General, see, we almost got it. Yeah. And then and you're like, oh shit, it's, it's the Ruskies! It's the Ruskies! <laughs> <laughs> they have done it, oh god. And the only thing I could actually think about when the machine starts doing uh, its uh, blasting, yeah, it's that, holy shit, this is some Half-Life shit right here. Oh god, it's the Resonance Cascade all over again. <laughs> 
crowbar. <laughs> They're calling the combine. <laughs> Where's Gordon Freeman when you need him? Exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we have what is supposed to be the main antagonist. In other words, the monster. Yeah, the... Uh, well, pretty much the big... The BBEG. The big bad evil guy. Yeah. From the second, pre- second season. From our previous. Yeah. Yes, ladies and, and gentlemen. now taking fleshy form in... Quite the horrible way. <laughs> Very horrible, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mind Flayer has returned. Yes. And, I mean, you, you should really see it. The way it attracts rats. Yep. And make them go pop like the weasel. Yes. And just using this, mmm, biomatter. Slurp, yeah. slurp, slurp. I'm gonna build a body out of this. Yeah. <sighs> so... Horror. Haunting. We're in for a treat, I think. We're in for a ride. So... All in all, my impression is that um, I am open for this. We I am f- willing to follow it to the end. <laughs> we shall follow you with great interest. Yes. Follow your career with great, great now, interest. You've seen four episodes. Yes. I've seen two. I'm halfway in. And uh, halfway? Yeah, it's eight episodes. Are there only eight? Yeah. Oh. I was surprised too. Shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, so... I guess things are gonna move along quite rapidly in this. Well, somewhat, yeah. But uh, all in all, yeah. <laughs> Good game. See you next week. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> so, can I recommend it? Yes, I can. Yes. Especially if you've seen the previous seasons, if you enjoyed that, I think you will enjoy this. Yes. Based on the first episode, that is. What more can we say about the characters? Oh, yeah, by the way, Carrie Elwes is in this. Wesley from Princess Bride. He plays the mayor. Oh! Is, is that him? That's him. I did not recognize him. Well, the fun thing about Carrie Elwes nowadays, he's... You see how old he's become, but he's some sort of stopped in his development of his face, really. I didn't even think about that. He, he looks like someone who's been make up to be an old guy. A young guy who's been put on makeup to look like an old guy, but he's really <laughs> just an old guy. Ah. It is so bizarre. That is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I do enjoy Carrie Elvis. Yeah. yeah. And the character he plays... Oh, boy. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> if you ever think about a small town mayor... Yeah. Usually... Bastard. Bastard. But... Another thing with Stranger Things that I really, really like, it's the music. Yeah. So now here, here's the segue. Now, now we're going to get into it. <laughs> and also, so you know, it's not spelled S-E-G-W-A-Y. I noticed when I was done with the trailer, and I am deeply ashamed, and I should be hanged for this. Flayed and hanged. <laughs> Drawn and quartered. I shall fix this. Tarred and feathered. <laughs> I shall fix this. All right, people. Uh, oh, what's it called? The, the the Tower of Pain? Really, though? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just saying. Spell me honest mistake, damn it. <laughs> grammar Nazi. <laughs> Heil Grammar. <laughs> 
Yeah. <sighs> but anyways. But uh, the music in Stranger Things, that is actually what really got me hooked in the first place. Because I agree. Th- that that song, the, the synthesizers and everything. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I talked about this uh, on this pod earlier, but it's actually one of my favorite theme songs ever. Yeah, I totally agree. They really captured this this 80s... Um... Yeah, the, the spirit of the 80s. Yeah. They really, really do. I mean, in today's way of things, it's like whenever it goes retro, mm-hmm. usually it goes to this 80s sort of sound. Yeah. But I, I feel like the Stranger Things theme, it took it one, one step further and, and really improved it. Yeah, I... Ex- <laughs> Are you okay there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Reflux, oh god. Holding back hiccups, that, that's yeah, that, always that's... fun. It's like, <laughs> Reflux is a, it's a fun thing. Yeah, yeah but exactly. When people are trying to mimic the 80s nowadays, they just put on... Put in a synth, I, I don't care. Yeah. Think. Exactly. But you have got to have this sort of uh, dissonant <laughs> Dude, my own, own gavy passion here. <laughs> Channel it. <laughs> but I'm straying from the subject. You gotta have this dissonant synthesizer. Yeah. It's gotta sound like the old equipment you used yeah. to have to record this kind of this kind of uh, music. I was about to say you need to go analog, but that's not really it. (laughs) An analog synthesizer. What the fuck is that? Hammond organ. (laughs) Just because you can doesn't mean you should. (laughs) I think that was the uh, motto when they created that goddamn awful (laughs) instrument. Yeah. (laughs) You people... You people thought about if you can, not to, to think about that you should. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Jurassic Park. It's the Hammond. <laughs> sure, we've gotten some great pieces of music with that instrument, but but, but still, it, it's like, why? Well, really, it's like the bagpipe. It's we, we have got some great music and a great sound of it, but it's still a crime against nature. <laughs> Only if you can't play it. That and a, <laughs> that and a saxophone, really. It's like a dying giraffe. <laughs> Actually, d- depending on the saxophone. I suppose, but... There are certain <laughs> songs with the saxophone that is quite okay. Uh, I mean, Hugh Lewis and the family made some quite awesome songs with it. I, yeah. But... Then we have the... Uh, uh, alt sax. Yeah, the uh, alto, alto sax. Yeah. And George Michael. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that, that think... one song ruined the alto saxophone forever. <laughs> For everyone. Yes. <laughs> but those pieces were like... The saxophone was in the main center of the musical piece. But when you have a saxophone in an orchestra, mm-hmm. they stick out like a sore thumb. Sound-wise. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So when, you're trying, to ma- <laughs> so when you're trying to mask them, it doesn't really work. They're just sitting there like... <laughs> it's like a sick duck. And uh, Yes, apologize to everyone that plays the sax, but you know what you do. <laughs> and you should be ashamed. <laughs> 
You know what you <laughs> no did. No matter the amounts of trumpets, trombones, and tubas. Well, the fun thing in an orchestra, that's the one thing that you can hear through every single instrument. Guess what? Guess which one? When you have an orchestra... The triangle? Do- yes. Because uh, when you... Wait, ha- seriously? That is, I'm serious. Ha! Because when you have a whole orchestra just going forte fortissimo... B- fucking loud. Yeah. <laughs> no. You can still hear that tiny little fucker up exactly. there Exactly. They can just go to town with their instruments and then... Ling, 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 ling. And little triangle... Can- Dinner time! Ching! Just cutting through like a rondelle through an armor. Ha. Armor piercing, motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> Auditory armor piercing. I'm minting that. <laughs> print it! Print it! Right, right, print it! But anyways, this, but this is... Along with this, this is sort of the, uh, the subject we want to talk about today. The concept of music. The concept of theme music. Or genre. Genre. music. Yeah. Maybe more. But Because, I mean, the, the way we're thinking about this is that you have certain kinds of music that really corresponds to certain themes or genres. You can just pinpoint, right, yeah, that's exactly. the one. You, you, there is a certain sound you can say right off the bat, that's a western, that, that's a pirate movie, that's adventure, that's uh, medieval fantasy, uh, it, it, that's a sci-fi. Yeah. These sorts of things have become so ingrained that you can't have a, a work within the genre without that sort of music. Yeah, exactly. And we sort of slipped into this uh, sort of subject when we listened to a... I think it was a royalty-free, quote-unquote, pirate... Pirate song. Yeah. yeah. Or, or pirate-themed music. Exactly. And it got us thinking of, okay, what what does this... Because we could pinpoint right away, okay, this, we can definitely see it. This yeah. is a pirate theme. And much of that, I think, is because of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. The, the first movie. Uh, it was Hans Zimmer. Well, it was sort of Hans Zimmer. Uh, it was, in the first one, it was Klaus Badelt, who was a apprentice to Hans Zimmer in the music uh, uh, composer. Uh-huh. So he had... He had uh, picked up a fair bit of... Um... Zimmer's techniques. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So when... Uh, <clears throat> I think it was still in the first movie. Klaus said, okay, I really can't have... I don't have time with this. Uh, Hans, could you help me? Uh. So Hans took over uh, getting with the theme and then doing the other... Pieces of the music, okay. Uh, and the other movies. So he, d- he did the uh, sequel movies. Yeah. Okay. But in the first, it was pretty much only Klaus Badel that made the music. Hmm. You're following. I- I'm following. <laughs> I-, I think it's really interesting because I had no idea, idea about this. Uh, I don't usually look that deep into the music w- with the composition and all. It's more like, who did it? Do I like the music? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I... F- I uh... I see the uh, I see these things, man. But I I see that well, because I have a lot of movie music on my um, playlist on my phone when I on my M three. Yeah. So I see the different kind of composers, and I'm like, oh shit, it was him. Oh, I can hmm. see that. 
So yeah, yeah it's like when when you talk to me about uh, Alan Silvestri. Yeah. And being like, oh, he he made this and he's making the Avengers soundtrack and everything, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, did he? Who? <laughs> Because I, I, I can know the music, I can know the songs, but I have no names <laughs> connected to them. Sure, well, uh, it's like if someone say uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. I know it's Hans Zimmer. Uh, and stuff like that. And I mean, Interstellar. Yeah. Also Han- Hans Zimmer. Yes, indeed. So, and not to forget, of course, John Williams. Of course, yeah. And, and that's also a thing. You Sometimes you can hear... Which composer it is, just by listening. Yeah. So, I mean, John Williams, he has his really uh, trademark way of doing music and yeah, composing. Yeah, exactly. He is, you can hear it right away when something is a John Williams piece. Yeah. And what makes you really see that it is a John Williams piece is really that he uses his whole orchestra, he u- utilizes every instrument. In his orchestra. Mm. A lot of composers just, okay, I really want to have a um, brass heavy uh, piece here, or I want to have more, um, I like using more strings in this. So, you just. Sort of like an either or scenario. Exactly. So they make, okay, I'm gonna put my energy in this. Uh, you guys over there with the brass and. Uh, all the other, you and, do whatever. Yeah, you, you can fill in the. The background here, so... Just make some noise. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But John Williams, he uses his whole orchestra in the way that, yes, he does um, sort of uh, put in front those instruments he wants to use. Like, okay, I want to have a brass-heavy scenario here. But I want to have the uh, flutes just... um, going to their own melody in the background, just filling in in their own way. Mm. So he u- uses his whole orchestra once again. I know I'm repeating myself. and But he puts all the little different kinds of melodies and tunes in the different kinds of instruments. It's like he's laying a puzzle. Yeah, pretty much. And using so, everything to be- paint a bigger picture. Yeah, exactly. I... If you're going to have a picture in, uh, like, a um, euphemism, mm. not a euphemism, metaphor, um, a lot of uh, composers can just paint a flower. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to have, all right, I want to have a flower here. Yeah. And the background is, well, blah, blah, blah. They make a flower and, and leave the background bare. Yeah, pretty much. More or less. Some colors in the background, but... I I want like I want to see that say that John Williams is making a um, pretty big picture a sort of landscape picture. Well, he wants to have a flower or a house in the foreground, but you can also see the beautiful mountains in the background. He's making a Bob Ross, pretty much, or a Monet, a Monet or Bob Ross. Really, mm. I would like to say more than Monet because Monet was more, uh, how do you say, impressionistic. I guess. Yeah, he he wanted to paint the impression he um he got from seeing. So basically, also the the reason from what I've heard that Monet painted the way he did was because he his uh, color perception was kind of off. So what we see is well, actually, what he saw the way he saw it. That makes sense. So th- this sort of blurry altogether everything is because that's the way he saw it. Cool. Yeah, that is really cool, actually. 
Look at us being cultured. Yeah. <laughs> us being uh, men of culture. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't see. worry, we're going to ruin this with a poop joke soon. Soon enough, soon enough. <laughs> and then you have the shitmeister that is... <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. No, but you can really hear distinct um, methods used by some composers in some yeah some uh, pieces which which would make s- that some composers does some movies better than others yeah if we're going to give a pure example here yes if someone says western yes who do you think i can say who i think about yes ennio morricone of course it's like the dollar trilogies yeah uh, or all, more or less all spaghetti westerns yeah the way he put the sound in those yes. have become iconic, at least to me, when it comes to Western. Yeah, we can really pinpoint the kind of music that is used... Uh, not the music, but instruments, methods that is yeah. used here. We can say from the right from the bat, he uses a lot of whistling. Whistling. Guitar. Uh, yes. A very dissonant kind of um, old country electric guitar. Yeah. A very kind of... Yeah. Like that. And... Uses a lot of, um, how's it, Native American? Yeah, it's it's like a, a choir sort of. Yeah, uh, somewhat uh, harmonic choir, but yeah. sometimes using the the kind of Native American choir kind of. At sing. least that that's what you think about. Yeah, when you hear it. Exactly, a lot of flute, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of flute, but it's like he takes and and there's some brass in it as well. Of course, because he takes at least in my interpretation, is he takes the classical themes of the Western. You have, you have the brass from Southern Mexico, or the Mexican... Yeah, the passionate trumpet exactly. sounding across. Uh, you have the, the uh, violin and guitar from more of the uh, American uh, parts. Yeah. And then you have the native yeah. sort of uh, singing and... <laughs> Huffing. Huff, yeah. It's, it's how, hard do you, to actually, how do you describe that, really? Yeah. I, I, I believe there is a term for it, but I'm not... Uh, <coughs> exactly. Like that. I'm not learned enough within <laughs> the terms of music to actually say. <laughs> and I can't really pinpoint what it's called right now, yeah. so we will put an <laughs> addendum we'll, we'll in the end. We'll put a pin on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but anyways, those are the iconic things when I think Western. Yeah. At least when I think about the spaghetti Westerns. If you're going to think the classical... Uh, American westerns. You have these uh, really high-toned, uh, well, it's the adventurous. He- it's uh, the songs. hero yeah. music. You have this lone hero, yeah. on an adventure. Exactly. One great example is actually for uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. <laughs> now, Blazing Saddles. Uh, in say itself, what you want that it is a parody, but by God, it has a good western. The thing theme. is, here's the thing. From what I know is that they asked this uh, old uh, Western movie singer to do the theme song. Yeah. And he believed that it was a real, pure Western movie. Oh, dear. So Mel Brooks didn't have the heart to tell him it was a parody. Oh. Because he heard the passion of the singing, and that's why it sounds like that. He has done a lot of themes from western movies yeah we get say his name frankie lane yeah so so some of you might just oh fuck it's him yeah i i had no idea <laughs> i mean me and names that no so when, when he did this 
he he was so happy and he sang with such passion. Sang his heart out. Yeah. And I mean the theme is great. It that really captures the the classic yeah, you couldn't American really... uh western. Exactly. You you couldn't really say right from the bat okay, this is a parody movie yeah. because right from the bat it does sound cheesy. Yeah. But it that's that's what the theme sounded like. And think about uh, the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, that theme song. That is dun 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 dun. dun. This... Let's, let's listen to it, shall we? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it, when you listen to it, you, ha- you have this. Really uh, happy tones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it goes in it, a it, major. It goes tone. in major. Yes. yes, because that's what when when we have the hero on an adventure, you want this happy major tone, yeah. and you want the grandiose like, oh, mm, yeah, that kind. Which, in contrast to Ennio Morricone's um, more, uh, more minor yeah, it, it, style, it's what you said about the contrast between those a spaghetti western and a a classic classic American western. western. Yeah, you have the forces of good defeating the bad. Yeah. That is the original western. The, the classic American western is really the white hats, the good yeah. uh, men, the heroes fighting the black hats, the evil guys. <laughs> And saving the day and everything. Yes. While in the spaghetti western, it's more of this grayscale. Yeah. That there are no clear lines between the heroes and the enemies or the bad guys. Mm, exactly. And that also reflects in the music because m- a lot of times you have this more tone, uh, darker tone or almost melancholic yeah. from time to time. And, of course, then you have the theme for the good, the bad, and the ugly, which, which is just a, a more or less a, a, a steamroller of a piece. <laughs> yeah. And well, it does have a lot of major tones in it. It does. And so, then you uh, have uh, the ecstasy of gold. Oh, yeah. That piece is so goddamn epic. Yeah. But still captures the spirit of the Western. Yeah. So we're talking a lot of Western here, but, but yeah, I mean these these are the iconic pieces. Well, we we will start at the genre of Western. We yeah. will move on to other genres. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll jump through. Let's actually jump to pirate themes because we mentioned that earlier. Yes, in the old ones, I would say it uses a lot of these that hero yeah. adventure. The, what, theme. what we think of as adventure themes today. Yes, a lot of um, how how to put it. You you have this sort of happy tune or or major tune, yeah, and it goes first into a grand opening, then it goes down. You have a, a slower segment, usually with a flute or a wood. Th- those are basically how sweets are made. Yeah. It, it is a how do you say? They um, pick the main theme, a love theme, yeah, sometimes a bad guy theme. And then the end theme. Yeah, and opens uh, and, and towards the end, it's like they they go full blown into a crescendo. Yeah, exactly. And you you get this feeling of grand adventure. Exactly. It it is basically uh, this this is what the movie contains. 
Yeah. This so, is I, I mean, if you actually go back and look at the movie, adventure movies from 30s, 40s, 50s, yep. you still have sort of the same, not the same kind of music, but you, you have still the same kind of uh, feel and theme to it. Yeah. And then, at least when it comes to pirates, comes uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and just changes it. Yeah. So today, you have a whole other feel and sound to what is connected to pirates. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose it really... How do you say? It captured that swashbuckling... Exactly. Um, ...sort of environment, really. And it got me thinking just right now that it is basically a adventure theme. Yeah. But in a sort of... How, how, can, how can I put this? In a marine kind of... Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically marine. The uh, not 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 the underwater kind, but the the high waves and everything. Yeah, the the fleet. Yeah, the, uh, we have the captain and the fleet of. Uh, it's really difficult to explain. I'm just putting my I'm putting my emotions up here, man. Britannia rules the waves. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very a bit, a bit of Thomas Arn in in it all. Well, sort of. But it sort of have this kind of... Yeah, it's, it's the mil- military drill. Exactly. That's the, the military fleet, yeah. really. It has... Yeah, exactly. The, the uh, sort of tattoo in it all. Yeah, exactly. And sort of combined in a sort of amalgamation of... The adventure. The, s- the swashbuckling adventure yeah. theme. I which... mean, it's just like with the Western, because there there's sort of this... Uh, basic sound that reminds you either of uh, horses galloping yeah, the, or uh, trains running. Yeah, we listen to uh, quite a lot of uh, old uh, and it was not just the Morricone no, theme, we, but it was a lot of western. It had this like imagine a galloping horse. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at it with a more modern example, you have the music in uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Both, both the first and the second. Yes. Especially in the first, you have this more of the the minor tones, the more melancholic. The spaghetti western, really. Yeah, exactly. While in the second, you have more more inspiration, I got I'd more, say, yeah. of this, the classic. Well, I got frontier, like the frontier music yeah. in my head. When I listen to that kind Speaking of music. Speaking of Frontier, I just need to, to mention this. Uh, How the West Was Won. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the the original title, or as it's known in Sweden, as the McKayan family. Oh, yeah, yeah. That theme song, the opening there, that also is really iconic to the Frontier. Yeah. Actually. And then you have sort of the Bonanza theme oh, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like this. It's the, the How the West Was One theme. It's more of this uh, really big orchestra, classical orchestra with, uh, with the strings and everything. Yeah. And really capturing this, the, the grandiose nature of the frontier. Yeah. While the Bonanza has more of the classic American theme yeah exactly mm-hmm. so I, I there are a lot of examples so yeah I, I feel i'm just all over the place <laughs> right now 
There we go, going into Western again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I fucking love Westerns. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's I, one of my favorite genres, actually. I completely so. understand, and I also have the urge to just fire a revolver every time I hear a Western theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to give me the Winchester and the Springfield. Yeah. Mm. I need to see help. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I need more guns. <laughs> but, which basically, I think those... One thing that pulled us into the Western thing, I sort of had the thought, if you have the kind of adventure music, but because we listened to uh, the theme from Cutthroat Island. Yeah. The another <laughs> pirate movie. Yeah, so, so we're going from Western to pirates to Western back to pirates. There's something about, I don't know, felonies here. <laughs> Cowboys and pirates. It's all every kid's dream, I Holy suppose. Holy shit, that would be a weird blend. Usually it's pirates and ninjas, but pirates are western? Yeah, pirates and cowboys. Cool. Pirates, cowboys, and ninjas. <laughs> it's desert pirates. <laughs> yeah. These blast <But> <laughs> <laughs> points, too accurate for sand people. <laughs> Arg. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Plundering desert things. Are desert pirates Jawas? No, they're just scavengers. <laughs> Little shits. Anyways, it got me thinking of... Because Cutthroat Island also had this kind of adventure kind yeah. of music. That is sort of the staple of uh, 80s and 90s kind of adventure th- movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hook basically have this... Uh, yeah, and Hook, that's John Williams. Yeah. So, is- so, so we're listening to that. It was like, okay... I, I hear Star Wars there. I hear a, a bit of Holst. And for some reason, I heard some Harry Potter as well. Well, that's John Williams for yeah, you. And when you listen to the Harry Potter, it's like, okay, here's Star Wars, there's Star Wars, there's Star Wars. At least the two, uh, three, the three first movies. Yeah. And when listening to Star Wars, it's like, is this Holst or is it John Williams? Hmm. <laughs> and listening to Holst, it's like, this is I, good. I hear some John Williams, but there's Holst. <laughs> it is Holst, but it's. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what I'm trying to get with this is uh, if you have this kind of adventure music and you put in a this um, Mexican trum- trumpet, yeah. really, and a country guitar, you're going to have sorrow. Yeah. Zorro. 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 Zorro the uh, Avenger? Zorro. Uh, yeah, the mask. The mask. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Because it basically builds on that too. And if you put in some... If you put in some Eastern notes in that, you're going to have the mummy. Eastern made me think of Asian, so it's like... (laughs) First off, you're racist, but... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, gotcha. (laughs) No, you! (laughs) No, oh, shit. (laughs) Okay, the... uh... Well, okay, I, I, the I'm Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern, because them, they, yeah. when I'm when I'm thinking the Middle Eastern tones here, I am thinking about a sort of a minor scale, and not just a minor scale, the, the a minor scale in a minor, exactly. And I don't really have. There, there's <clears> a lot of things in a minor. <laughs> yeah, my raging, but okay. <laughs> there I go again. <laughs> yeah, but, but that scale is. I do apologize for my... I haven't warmed up my vocal cords yet, but it basically... 
So you have the uh yeah the classic sort of that sort of goes in this A minor scale. Uh huh. So if you put those notes in this kind of adventure music, you're gonna have the Mummy movies, or at least the two first ones. The good ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we don't talk about the third. <laughs> I think there was a, some talk about the fourth, but, but I'm not sure. Scrapped I, as fast as you I, can I'm, say. I'm just going to ignore those rumors. So. Yeah. For now on. For, for now. <laughs> kind of underrated movies, the two first. I, I fucking love the first one. Yeah. That, that's when it comes to these adventure in the 20s. Well, you have O'Connor that he's sort of this swashbuckler. I fucking love that. I want more movies like that. Yeah. The good old time. Yeah. The good old adventure. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> hey, I got all the horses. Well, you're on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love that one. <sighs> oh, God. That goddamn scene. He's... That oh I don't know remember that that little sniveling yeah uh, I think they just call him Benji yeah Benji yeah or he's whatever. sort of uh, ravaging around in the room looking for something and O'Connor just comes in casually oh what's this spring cleaning he starts to run picks up a chair throws, throws it at him at the back of him just yeah. casually throws up a chair <laughs> <laughs> not even blinking yeah <laughs> so. Awesome. <laughs> Who needs honor when you have efficiency? Who needs honor when you have a chair? <laughs> <laughs> have share. Ugh, I don't want to have share. Mm. Get, get, no, get that monster away from me. No. Ugh. Have chair. No! Her face is scaring me. <laughs> it's so plastic. She's scaring everyone here. <laughs> She's rambling about something af- after I don't know what. <laughs> I do not believe either way. <laughs> but do, do you believe? No! Oh no! Uh. <laughs> but what? What more? Um, if we have gone from this classic adventure movies, what more? If we, if we're gonna go a, a bit into modern times, maybe. Yeah, let's move forward in time. Forwards in time. So, uh, but still sticking to this sort of backstabby thing. Mm-hmm. Agent movies or the agent genre. Oh yeah, the good old classic. Yeah, yeah uh, the best example you can have is either Mission Impossible or yeah. The Man from Uncle. Yes, indeed. But of course, spy thrillers, you have uh, the Bond theme. Yeah. And, and th- the biggest difference between these are that both Mission Impossible and The Man from Uncle, mm-hmm. now we're talking about the original TV series that came in the 60s. Yes. And you could actually pull in The Saint into this as well, yeah. sort of. But they have this. Sort of uh, groovy <laughs> sort of uh, style to them. Exactly. It, the 60s kind of uh, conga drums. Yeah. Did you say that in, like, in English? I think it is. Bongo drums. Conga drum. Conga. Dun, 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 conga line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically having that and the kind of... Um, yeah, it, it's sort of a jazzy... Yeah, it's... And the form the drums okay. and the flute. Yeah. That is really stapling the 60s exactly. in these themes. And by extent, uh, you say Mission Impossible and Man from Uncle. I'm think- sitting here thinking, The Prisoner, have you seen that TV series? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. It is an old English series about a man who is some uh, secret agent and uh, 
sitting on a lot of inf- information. And he, he quits his job, kind of violently. Uh-huh. And then he's kidnapped and put on a island in a village. And he's giving, you are number six. Right, I think you mentioned this before. I have not seen this. It is a... Like I said, it's made in the 60s, so it's kind of bizarre at some places. But that opening theme is very much that kind of uh, 60s Asian theme. It has it has the brass, it has those conga drums, and it's just <laughs> some guitars. Huh. Maybe it's like it's all I want to play it place. right now. <laughs> so you hear it too. I understand what you mean with this this kind of... But this is also a thing that this is more of what I think is a British kind of groove jazz thing. And that is also contrasted to Man From U.N.C.L.E. and Mission Impossible, which are American. Yeah, exactly. But you can see how they sort of share this kind of music of the time influences. There, There are certain themes, so to say. Yeah. Uh, that, that are really captured. Yeah. So I'm not sure what more to say about this genre because, well, it hasn't really changed that much. Or, or rather, you, you should say that the genre in itself, the spy thriller, it has changed. Yeah. But the the roots are still, this is it. This is cemented. So it's yeah. going to be Mission Impossible. It's going to be Man from Uncle and The Prisoner and, yeah. and so and these, this kind of music, because I'm sort of glad it, it hasn't changed from this old thing, if you're really going to have the classic. Because mm-hmm. um, Michael Giancino used this kind of music in The Incredibles. Yeah. To yeah, capture yeah, that really. old exactly. 60s spy uh, thriller movies. Now, sure. I mean, The Incredibles were superheroes. Yes. But it still was that sort of spy thriller undercover yeah, theme. Exactly. And he captured it uh, very good. Yeah, he did. And in some extent, he sort of combined the heroic theme of a hero movie, mm-hmm. another genre, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. The hero movie and the 60s spy flick. Which is very interesting. Yeah. It's like when you combine something sweet and savory. Yeah. Like, ooh, shit, it worked. <laughs> Give me more of that. Bacon and ice cream, some people say. No. Still haven't tried it. No, but, uh... no, uh, no. <laughs> it's like my fiance. She, she likes to dip her uh, strips in milkshake. Fra- I never, never understood that. No. Not, not, it, it, she says there's something about the, the combo of sweet and salt, so. Yeah. Uh, no. If you're going to use a metaphor that works for me, is when you have a nice chicken curry and you have some mango chutney on that. Yeah, but that's, that's completely different. But still sweet and savory. Yes. And, absolutely. But, and it works. But, but it's yeah, not I, strips in milkshake. I'm not saying it excuses the behavior. <laughs> <laughs> it, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> that's a crime against nature. <laughs> oh, what is it nowadays? True. The bear eagle. What? <laughs> Our spirit animal. <laughs> Combined with a dead red herring. 
It's, it's like dead red herring are on a string, you know, like the carrot and stick yeah. thing. But it's a bear eagle and the herring. Yo, you know what to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if we're going to segue ni- a nice segue into the... There are never any nice segues, and you know that. If we're going to violently segue into yes. the superhero movies... Yes! <laughs> <laughs> then you have... Um, Something that really comes to mind in the superhero movies is this: that these later movies, I'm saying right out, the Avengers, perchance, mm-hmm. the, it has this heroic theme, and it is Alan Silvestri that yep. has done those, but you sort of notice this, um, that true hero, the, the French horns are sounding at the sight of the... You, you notice... The English this. are coming! The English are coming! <laughs> by land! By land! No, wait. Oh. By air! By air! Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> One of by land, two of by sea. It's three of them. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It, but anyways. Yeah, but, I know what you're, you're saying. This... This brass blowing, this heroic epic... But I can really pin... I can pinpoint three of this kind of hero themes right now. From the bat, you have themes that are used in, like, say, the Avengers and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, same things have been used in, say, uh, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, all, all that, the new kind. But then you have the kind of... Um, that, that kind of music that is used or cemented in The Dark Knight. Okay. You know which one I mean? Yeah. Also Hans Zimmer, by the way. Yeah. But it basically... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more intense yeah. and darker. Exactly. It's... Uh, if I'm gonna put Wonder Woman's theme into a category, it would be more like The Dark Knight. Okay, that is true, actually, when I think about it. It's, I seldom want to it, think it's about sort DC of movies. Like but, uh, the, this distorted... Uh, strings, yeah, and more intense, yeah. While the Avengers and m- more of the MCU movies are using this more major tunes and having it, it, it a lighter it's hero like it, it's, theme. Um, it's been um, inspired by uh, how to say when it comes to the U.S. military. Yeah. There's a certain theme for that as well. It's the horns and the long uh, yeah, it's tones. The, yeah, uh, exactly. And it just makes me think about, uh, for instance, Saving Private Ryan. Exactly. That uses the patriotic yeah. theme. And I th- think that there is more of that when it comes to the MCU music. That I can see. Uh, in contrast, I use contrast a lot in this episode. Mm. But still. When compared to The Dark Knight and Wonder Woman, yeah, uh, I don't uh, know the theme for Aquaman uh, and the, uh, the. I don't really remember it either, but I just remember it being this major tune, yeah. major um, hero. And tune. I'm tr- I'm trying to remember what the music for both Justice League and Batman v Superman are, but, I mean, those movies... Well, Batman v Superman was sort of a combo of the Man of Steel and Batman theme. 
So that was pretty dark and intense, but it was this... How can you say? Epic dark. Mm. Do you see what I mean there? Yeah, sort of. It was not this... <laughs> it's just when you say Batman theme, I think about the animated series. I was getting to that, because when uh, as we talk about Batman themes, then you have this the good old classic Tim Burton movies that mm-hmm. use the Danny Elfman kind of Batman music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was used in both the animated and the first Tim Burton movies. The two first. I just got the brass horns blowing in my head right now. Should play it. Yes. <laughs> Here, have a sample. And there you have it. Yeah. It's like, mmm. <laughs> But then you, you get into, you slip into the rabbit hole that is the Danny Elfman music. And here's the thing. Whenever someone say Danny Elfman, I think of two things. Mm-hmm. First, The Simpsons. Yeah. And then his odd career in the 80s with, <laughs> uh, well, is it Oingo Boingo? Good question. I- I'm on a... Just double check this, so uh, yeah. Say because they 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 have a song that is quite interesting. Uh, I love little girls. Oh no! Yep, it is Oingo Boingo. Okay, l- l- let me play you some of it. For me, that's Danny Elfman. <laughs> The pedo song number one. <laughs> it's it's actually horrible when you think <laughs> about it. But that's the 80s. Yeah, that's the uh, 80s. So, yeah. I don't know what else to say. But but in his more orchestral work, yes. Danny Elfman is truly a genius. Yeah, he is actually. And he... he his style sort of has a... Arisen very much from his cooperation with Tim Burton and his movies. So he has this kind of wild, but sometimes twisted kind of music that is very distinct in many cases. Yeah. But when I'm thinking Danny Elfman, I'm thinking about, uh, like you said, The Simpsons are one thing. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. That yeah, is, really. That is classic. And, and then, I mean, then we're going really into the Tim Burton side of things. Yes, yes, we do. And it, it is sort of special when it comes to Tim Burton, because he usually have a certain style of music to everything he makes yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, he has this, he has this image of, of how he wants it to be portrayed, and then he has the idea of music. So, yeah. it is the Tim Burton sauce. Yeah. It goes with a lot of things. Not everything. Not everything. It's also... I I would say that it is sort of an acquired taste. Yeah. Exactly. Like HP sauce, really. Yeah. I, I don't really like HP sauce. It's too vinegary for my taste. Yeah. It's like, ooh, what, what's this? It looks like barbecue sauce. Oh, hell no, it wasn't. Yeah. House of Parliament sauce. I mean, <laughs> whenever it comes to the, the, the Brits, it, it's like... Think twice before tasting their food. <laughs> it's like, hmm. 
it it's like a Russian roulette, roulette really. Yeah, I mean, the, sure, the things that I really enjoy, like fish and chips, That's or, good. and uh, shepherd's pie. Yeah, but then there are the more speaking of pies. It's like you make everything into a pie, whether or not it should be a pie. <laughs> Taste buds. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I just <clears throat> I saw. If we're really gonna stray from um, from music, yeah, from music for a time being. If we're gonna talk about British food, I saw a clip of a place that is basically the oldest kind of fast food restaurant in London, and they mm-hmm. sell the kind of things that they used to, which is <clears throat> uh, pie and mash. Uh huh. And without thinking that, I went, I went cocking there. A pie and mash. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a point. And a point mash and eels. Oh. But they they boiling the eels and then make sort of jellied eel. So they they pour gelatin and mix it around and make sort of a I, I'm I'm not really convinced about the boiled eel thing. I mean, I'm a Scanian. We have our smoked eel, and that's yeah. fucking awesome. I love it. Exactly. But boiled well, the thing that really boggles my mind is that, some, like I said, they take out the boiled eel, mm-hmm. put it in some water, pour some gelatin in that, yeah. let that sit, and sort of make an adobe of... Uh, huh. And then mush it around. So you have this kind of boiled eel water-tasting jelly. Hey. I think we should take away the right to Brits to cook. <laughs> For a time being, because that that's not normal. Actually, I, are I, you okay, Britain? I, I'm gonna say like this: Let's let them do like they've done for so long now. Keep it on their island. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that to the continent, please. <laughs> but, we've taken what we enjoy. We'll leave the rest. Yes, but I suppose pie and mash. That sounds kind of good, really, because yeah, yeah. mashed potatoes. That's good. Yep. Meat pies, that is also good. Yeah. Parsley sauce, sounds yeah. really good. So, just don't give me any boiled eels. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my smoked eel, thank you. Yes. Mm. <laughs> but I, I, to be honest, I don't think Swedes should really have anything more to complain about. I mean, nah. we eat the fermented herring. Yes. Now, a... a Note to those of you that don't really know about this, but the fermented herring is actually classified as a health hazard because of cyanide. Yeah. You, sh- <clears throat> you are not allowed to fly with those things. Nope. Those, I mean, f- the fermented herring are kept in pressurized tins. Yeah. And they will rupture if you take them into an... Or, or you change altitude yeah. too hastily. So, uh, and if you know about the smell of it... It will reek up the place. Yes. I, I have eaten it. I am not a fan. I have a tin from like three years back now. It stands in my fridge as we speak. Yeah. I have not opened it yet. But, but that's the thing. Uh... A, a common practice is that you buy one tin and you s- keep it for the next year. Yeah. That is common practice. So, I mean, keeping it three years, it's <sighs> it, it's already fermented. I mean, and, and since it's kept within the tin, eh, 
I just burst out laughing when I see it's a best before date on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, another point of note about the fermented herring. This used to be food that was eaten in really meager times. This was the poor man's food. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, it turned into a delicacy. Yeah. It's really, really weird. Yeah. That's, yeah, basically with herring and... That is also called herring, isn't it? I'm thinking about strömming och sill. Uh, yeah, it's actually the same. Yeah. The thing is that... What, strömming? Strömming is, is, is herring fished in Östersjön. Uh, in the Baltic, the Baltic sea. sea. Yeah. Uh, and sill is sil, in the Nordic Sea. in the Nordic Sea. Yeah. Northern Sea, yeah. Personally, I like sill better. Yeah, me too. But, but at the same time, I mean... Uh, Strömmingsfilé. Okay. Strömmingbörjare. That, that is kind of good, actually. Panerad strömmingsfilé. Stelt. <clears throat> and my fiancé mm. is probably gonna wail on me for when I'm saying that I sort of like the taste of strömmingbörjare because I have said I don't like it because I don't like the bones. I just think they're lazy for not putting out, pulling out the bone. On the West Coast, we know how to debone our fish, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> But okay. That... Well, you live by a real sea, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have strained a lot yeah. from the. Uh... Well, th- this has been your. Uh, the Swedish history lesson for today. <laughs> <laughs> the Swedish traveling agency. Yeah, exactly. God. Still should do that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but, but I think that we could really go for hours and hours. So so let's just go for some honorable mentions here. Speaking of Alan Silvestri, yeah. one of his most iconic works is the theme for Back to the Future. That is true. And that is also going to the sort of 80s sound. That is the 80s sort of heroic adventure yeah. music, yeah. And um, also st- staying in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, you you have the when when more of the cyberpunk sort of themes came into being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, if we, if we're gonna count at least the Terminator to yeah. the cyberpunk, as well as Robocop. Yeah. They, Those two, um, they've also become sort of iconic for their uh, genres. Yeah, but they use utilized the synthesizer in that way that it really worked. Yeah. But the one song that really captured the spirit of the cyberpunk, that is Vangelis, uh, the, the song he made for... Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, exactly. Yeah. It's the end theme. Exactly. So if you, you really want to have the old <laughs> feel for the, the old sort of cyberpunk, <laughs> yeah, it's Vangelis with the Blade Runner. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? I think we need to do, maybe do another one of these and just keep on going yeah, with g- more. We're going to need a part two of this yeah. one. So. At least if you guys want to have a part two, do, uh, if you <laughs> like <laughs> us rambling on about different genres and music and such. Maybe we have gotten this completely wrong. Yeah. D- please do tell us. Um, 
I mean, you can always get in touch on us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So, so let, let's sort of try to summarize this. Uh, Ennio Morricone. Yeah. The iconic S- Western <clears throat> sound. The staple of Western music, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, the uh, pirate music. Yeah. Pirated music. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but Another the, genre. the pirate adventure the- themes uh, and adventure music. Yeah. The that is a broad spectrum. It's really uh, broad. Yeah, but yeah, pirate music really mm. the adventure m- and the modern pirate music. Yeah, the uh, adventure mixed with this kind of nautical, yeah, marine theme. Yeah, and uh, what else did we talk about? The the hero music. Yeah. The so m- so like the more major themed uh, bombastic bombastic yeah. heroic theme, or the more darker more intense sort of uh, themes such as with the Dark Knight, Wonder Woman, and then we have the Burton-esque. Exactly, which is... It's, the Danny Elfman. Yeah. <laughs> A category in itself. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure really what we were... Well, Superman's theme, the old That Superman is the theme, hero theme. That is, that is also really clearly heroic. Yeah. So... And then, then we got some start, at least, on the more... Sci-fi, cyberpunk. Oh yeah, we'll get into those later. Yeah, we'll we'll need to do another deep dive. And then we will talk about the modern, yeah, film music. Exactly, because in today's age, it's you have more of the ambient sound, and you actually each movie seems to try to make its own theme and try to create its own thing. Well, if we're gonna glance over this subject really fast, uh. But I th- most of the movies nowadays are not really striving for to make their own theme to be recognized in that way. They sort of have some kind of music that is played in the background that is really forgettable, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Because when someone says, uh, give me a movie, a modern movie. Mo- modern movie. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can only think about the MCU movies right now. <laughs> Shit. Okay, let's see. Hellboy. Which one? Uh, the latest. Okay, I don't remember any music from exactly. that. <laughs> that, that actually, that was... even the even the older Hellboy movies. I remember some themes of that actually, but sort of cheating because I have, I have played it with an orchestra. So okay, that that is. That is cheating them. <laughs> uh, I, I was about to say Pacific Green, but that really has it, its really iconic tune to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay. Unbreakable. I want to say that I remember the music, but I don't. I because think, I only I remember think that's movie. one of the music that would that is forgettable right now, but when you hear it, you can pick yeah. up, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Unbreakable. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is true. So, okay. Just another Looper. Do you remember any music from that? No. Me neither. I only remember that I thought that the conclusion was sort of meh. <laughs> but it's not really surprising when we take note that it was Ryan Johnson that made that movie. Ryan Cubelhead Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, look. So, there yeah, we go again. Here we go again, beating another dead horse. Yeah. Just the way we like it. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, once again, tell us what are your opinions about this. Yep. 
Do you th- agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Have we got something wrong? Have we yeah. got something right? Yeah. D- did you like our way of? Was it something that said, "Oh shit, you're right"? Or is it something that said, "Are you fucking stupid people wrong? <laughs> <laughs> wrong?" <laughs> yeah. Tell us. We want to know. We love engaging with our listeners. <laughs> uh, so again, you can contact us on Twitter. Yep. The main handle is at DRH Podcast. You can get in t- contact with us on uh, email. We have Discord as well. Yep. You'll find a link uh, on the uh, Red Circle page. But our email is re- dead.red.herring at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, You'll find our stuff on YouTube, and you'll find Red Circle, us Spotify, Stitcher, most places where you can find podcasts. And we do live streams on Twitch. Yeah, go check out our Twitch. And like you said, we put it, we put up things on YouTube, which is not only our uh, podcast episode, but we are putting up some Twitch uh, streams and let's plays. Yeah, and hopefully more shenanigan things. Oh yes, <laughs> later oh, yes. on. So. Any final words? Or word? Mm. You've already said balloon. Ah, shit. I'm gonna say banana. Preterea sensio Carthagium esse delendam. Yes, I do agree that Carthage need to be destroyed. Yes. However. <laughs> nah. Let's burn the fucker down. Yeah. I don't, Salt the earth! <laughs> I don't care if it doesn't exist nowadays. We can, we can go to the region and do it again. They sort of did. The only problem is that uh, when they tried to rebuild it in ancient times, the harbor, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> because the place where old Carthage was built, there was a natural basin for a harbor. When yeah. they tried to build a new Carthage a bit away from the old, uh, the harbor, it uh, filled up with uh, sediment. Ah, shit. So, yeah. They didn't really think that one through. <laughs> but that's the romance for ya. <laughs> yeah. So, with that, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great time. And we'll... We'll be back later on. Yes. Yes, we will. Like a bad rash. Yes. Yes, we will. So, so long. Our way through to Caesar. Slide dog, you had me monologuing.